Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, beautiful human. Today, we are going to be hanging out with Gail, and she has redefined what it means to come out on top after a shitty relationship. Her song, ABCDEFU, has exploded. It's charted all over the world. She is one of a kind, and we're going to talk in depth about coming of age while she's still doing it. She's 17 years old, and she is incredibly wise and so forward-thinking. Her views on feminism and sex and making music, we're going to explore all of it. So please enjoy this conversation and share your honest thoughts with us at Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Share our podcast with those you care about. And if you want, hang out with us live every day, Monday through Friday, starting at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, only on Amazon Zam. All of these interviews happen there first. And we're there every day. If you want to download it, just go to our social pages. It's there. Use code BEAUTIFULHUMAN to get on in. Anyway, Gail. Hello, beautiful human. I hope you're doing well today. Hanging out with us in the studio. We got Gail. I don't know if they'd clap or not. Maybe it's egotistical to clap. Clap for yourself. I'm like, yay, I'm here. (laughs) Question. You you brought up a word right out the gate. Egotistical. Egotistical. What does ego mean to you today? Like, how do you you see that word? I see the word ego and then egotistical in two separate places because everybody has like an ego and it can be like a positive thing or a negative thing because like you are self-centered. Like everybody's world is centered around themselves. And so like... As long as you can like focus on yourself and still be able to put other people above you in ways that isn't like detrimental to yourself, I feel like you can have an ego and it be like not necessarily like a negative or positive thing. But when it's like egotistical, in my perspective, that's when it's like super self-centered and you only really like think about yourself. I mean, I probably should think more in depth about the words that I use and I say, but like, yeah, when it's like egotistical, I think like that's when I'm like putting myself above other people or only thinking about like my own feelings and my personal experiences and not like even considering your perspective and how your day is going and how you're feeling in any way and just being like, I'm here. I'm amazing. You're welcome. (laughs) Do you need to be a little egotistical to be able to create music? Actually, that's something I've actually been thinking about a lot because like even as an artist, it's very like self-centered. Like you're like, pay attention to my music, even in marketing, like when you're like, telling people to listen to your songs you're like hi i'm important 
enough to take time out of your day to listen to me. And like, I think a lot of it too, is just me rooted in loving music. Like that's really what it is too, where it's like to like be an artist or to do music. Like you just genuinely have to love it more than for me. I love music more than I love myself. Cause it was like my first love. Like I just found that and I was like, wow, that's exactly what I want to do with my life. And then even getting on stage, I'm not particularly thinking about like, oh my God, everybody's paying attention to me. I'm like, what do they think of my music? Like, what are they enjoying about the show? You do you know? see your music though as an extension of your identity? For sure. I mean, like I always try my best to separate me and my music. So I just don't feel like a vessel for music, you know, it's like, which is like a hard thing to do is like, I am me and then I'm, I make the music. I am not the music I make because like then the lines just kind of get blurry. But at one point, are you the music you make if it's coming from your life? Yes and no in some ways because also like for me, I love the art of like collaboration, especially like being in Nashville. That's just like such a at a, such a young age, I started yeah. co-writing and that's something I really love. And so I feel like people put themselves and I think it would be unfair for me to like go into a session with two people with a writer and a producer and I say that they didn't put themselves into the music as well you know totally I think it's like a collaboration of everybody's personal life experiences because a lot of like deep things get talked about in rights like there's and there's always shit like you never tell anybody else (laughs) what is told in the room and I there's so many like personal experiences that I've had in sessions where it's like it'd be so unfair for me to say that's just me it's like everybody it's a personal experience that we all had in the room and then we turned it into something it's true it is a collection of all of you Mm -hmm. do you think the writing process is a little egotistical because in a certain perspective you didn't really vet the songs by the other party before you chose to release it. Yeah, and it's it's also like you never know if it's actually good to people. Well, also like there's something that, especially with releasing music, it's like you actually can't make something good. You have you can make something objectively good that people mm-hmm. can objectively say it's good, but you can't make something good. I can think it's good. You can think it's good, but you could think it sucks. Yeah, yeah, and that's not hard. just good. Yes, you know, you're right. just like so mm-hmm. hard as like a music maker and somebody who like puts their face behind the music they make and release like that can be a difficult thing to be like, well, is it good? And it's like, actually, it can't just be good. It can be objectively good to people, but it can also just be equally objectively bad to people. And so like, you really have to just think it's objectively good to you. And like, for me personally, like for, I say like, I think this is good and I'm willing to stand by the words that I've said in this moment and like these melodies. And this is something I'm willing to like have people think sucks. Is that something you have to come to the realization of? Because like that, like good is objective because I feel like a lot of people chase the universal good. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think also like it's, I'm very much a people pleaser. Like I love pleasing people and like making them happy. And I also like it when people like me, like that's just like, is the way I work. And so I think it was kind of a bit with realizing that like people just aren't going to like me. So I might as well like, like myself before trying to please other people. And it's the same with that where it's like, people are going to think my music's good. It's just a fact, like people aren't going to like my music. So I might as well make music I like. So when people think it sucks, I'm like, okay. It's whatever. It's whatever. Like, that's cool. Like, you're allowed to have your own opinion on it. But then when people are like, that's good. I'm like, hey, like, that's sick, you know? It's interesting. It's it's a mind fuck for sure. A, B, C, D, F, U, in your opinion, not objectively good, but good to some. Good to some. Yeah. I mean, also like with that song, too, I was not sitting here being like, that is the peak of music. That is the best (laughs) song I've ever written. I wrote the song with like my best friend, Dave Pittenger. That was like the second time we all three have written with each other. And when does Pete Nappy come in? Pete Nappy. Okay, dude, (laughs) we took this song took like a year to get produced out. 
like I just like took it to different people and it just like never really like worked like it never really like was like yeah this is it and like and what is Pete at oh, by the way I love him he's the best Pete, he's like I love the you. sweetest <laughs> I love you too Pete thank you for producing this song <laughs> like oh my god because this song was dead like it was dead to me because what? <laughs> like it was because it took so long and so many different people to produce it out and like these were talented people like it's not like they were bad it's just like what we were trying to achieve with the song which is like hard to explain to people and like especially like I'm very opinionated and stubborn and so like to have what's in my head and then try and communicate it to people because like I can't go in and be like you know what I'm gonna do it myself like yeah. that would be even worse <laughs> so like and I just like I went in he did like kind of like a vibe on the chorus that was like the closest thing that because there's like alternative leaning things about the song like just yeah. lyrically and even like with the angrier version that was kind of like the heavier drums the more like the heavier electric guitars and all of that um but then there's also like a poppiness in my personal opinion when totally. i was viewing the song like specifically in like the melody and the chorus it, like just that too so i wanted to, to have a space where it's like where could this like be appreciated in an alternative space, but also could have the possibility of being appreciated in a pop space? And by the way, I don't think there's anybody better suited to actually do that than Pete Nappy if you look at what he's done. Yeah, no, he's an incredible producer. And I, I he was one of my first track rights ever when I was 14. I wrote with him and Sarah, Sarah and I wrote with him. We wrote this song called I Could Use Your Perfect Body. <laughs> what? The, and you were how old? I was 14. What? I came out of the womb horny. I don't know what it was. Like, I just... <laughs> this poor dude. Because, like, he walks into the session. I'm 14. Sarah's 17. And so then I'm like, let's write a song called I Could Use Your Perfect Body. And this poor dude's like... Sure. <laughs> and then, yeah, I brought him that song and like I just absolutely loved what he did. And then I went into the studio with him because I had a writing trip when I was in L.A. because I live in Nashville. And so I was like going out to L.A. more. Um, and then I went in the room with him and we finished it out together. I just I would love to hear the original. Have you would you ever yeah. put that out? OK, so like the demo is the closest thing that you can get to the original because I wrote the song just on guitar, like uh. literally. Dave was came up with the chords and then like Sarah and I like did the melodies and stuff for it. Dave came in with the concept too. Like we walked into the room and like it was oh, I'm trying to think it was like August of 2020. So like COVID very much so a thing. Yeah. This was like the first time we we're even like debating about doing in sessions like Sarah and I were living together at the time. So it was like Different. very easy for us to write together. But then like to bring a producer to go to their place like and so then we're like, OK, we have hand sanitizer. We have masks like we're going to ask him to roll up the windows like we got this. We're doing it. We show up to the dude's studio and then literally he sends us a Zoom link. And we're like, no, 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 oh, no, oh, no. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. We are like right in front of your studio. Like we can drive back home, but we need like 30 minutes or we can do it in the car. Like, what do you want? And then he was like, no, 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 just like walk in. And so then we came in, obviously like mass, like we did all of the things, like we we're all <laughs> yeah. so spread out from each other. And then he was like, I'm just going to like read through my ideas. And I was like, sick. And literally the first thing he says is he just very, he was like, <clears throat> A, B, C, D, E, fuck off. And we're like, that, that's it. And this dude, he's literally like, I have better ideas. Like, that's just the first one. And I was like, there's nothing else you could say to me to convince me to write anything else. Like, that is what we're writing. And then that's what we ended up doing. Um, wow. And originally, too, we just the first time we wrote it, it was a verse pre-chorus day. Like, 
we were having so much fun. Like we were just so talkative and Sarah and I get us in a room together. We'll never shut up. Like we can talk <laughs> for hours and hours and hours and then trying to work on top of that and be productive. Not, not going to happen. But it exists somewhere in there, it's, right? Yeah. We get productive eventually. And like, it, we were just having so much fun. And then the original chorus was like, F you and your mom and your sister and your job and your broke ass car and the shit you call art. Fuck you and your father and your cousin and your brother. Like we went to all the family members. <laughs> and then it was literally just on guitar. And then we did the like na na na's and then we came in, rewrote like the chorus and then did the second verse. And that was also why I think it was so hard to produce it out because it was just a guitar demo. Whoa. We could not figure out how to like elevate. We still wanted guitar there, but it wasn't necessarily as much as like an acoustic guitar vibe and then even like the first chorus is like technically considered like a drop chorus like we didn't even start the song with the fuck you enter like it just started with the verse pre-chorus and then like the first chorus in the demo is technically like a drop chorus so it doesn't go anywhere and we're like well we're not gonna do that so like what are we gonna do i would say what p nappy added to it a lot is like the verses like he added this like 808 thing that was like really cool and like even just like the sound of the electric guitar and like he started the song out with the chorus but he started it out with like the a b c yeah. and i was like mm, i don't like that but if we started it out with the like fuck you chorus mm. thing and then when it's like verse pre goes into the abc part to make the title make sense damn even like the guitar part he added in the chorus that was like going in between like two notes just like made it feel bigger and like even the type of beat that he used where he wasn't necessarily like double timing anything like in the drums specifically even in the first chorus but like you still it doesn't feel like slow in my at personal at opinion all. like yeah but it, it's it's right yeah like just the way he did it and like i personally lean towards like live drums and so but he was able to kind of have more like electronic drums that i liked which wasn't necessarily like especially when i was even talking to producers i was like don't use like kind of more of like the hip-hop leaning like hi-hats or any of that like that's just not my personal especially i love in other people's music but i was thinking about my stuff i was just like that isn't particularly my vibe but then he did it but then he did it in a way that i liked it and i was like okay <laughs> i was like all right i'll be less stubborn so how does this song change the way you make music moving forward Honestly, I don't think it changes the way I make music at all. I Because it's one of those things where like I wrote the song in August of 2020. I released it August 13th, 2021. So like even people are like, how do you a write whole year. ABC after ABC? I'm like, I've been doing this for like a year, mm -hmm. you know, like and not knowing whether it was a good song to people or not either. You know, like we I just like even if it was successful two months after I wrote it, I really wouldn't. I don't think it would necessarily be helpful for me to try and change the way that I do music because me doing what I naturally did, some people liked it. But I does think. it change your collaborators? Because it brings new yeah. collaborators in your zone that you for obviously sure. now speak a different language with. Yeah, it also like, one, it gives me an opportunity to work with like bigger songwriters, which is like always so exciting. And like just some of my idols, I've had like the opportunity and privilege to work with and that's so exciting. But also like, it gives me confidence into saying like if somebody in the room like it's you tell somebody if you think something sucks or if yeah. you're like you know what i think it should be like this and sometimes if so, there's the bigger person in the room that's actually had a hit song before i've had a number one song on top 40 radio i'd be like yeah like <laughs> yeah, you, you defer to know. them yeah which because that like they're the one with the success like yeah, how am i as the teenage girl in the room gonna be like no even they defer to you now. But now it's not even like deferring to me it's more being like if i actually truly feel like this thing is better 
I feel more confidence in saying that to somebody that's also had like a number one song before. Even if they've had like four, I've only had one. I still in some ways can just be like, you know what? I feel really passionately about this and like just being more likely to say that. That can easily change the result and the piece of art that's created. Yeah, yeah. for 100% like that, that I can definitely say that like changes the way that I've done music. It's just working with bigger people willing to be a bit more stubborn with something I'm passionate about. I, I was wondering, like, as I was listening to, you know, you're just horny and <laughs> all your other stuff, which there's not a ton out there, but, mm-hmm. you know, an EP is coming. Yes. A study of the human experience. Would you say it's your experience or the general human experience? I wouldn't necessarily particularly say it's like a, the general human experience. It's like, a, I would say like it's a study of my human experience, but also like the human experience of the people that collaborated on the project. Cause like, even just like Sarah, who's like a main collaborator on the project, I would say if there's like five, there's six songs, she's probably on four of them. Like she's wow. on quite a few in this and like, she's 20. You know, and like I re- I started writing songs on, for that project when I was 15, 16, 17. So for her, it was 18, 19, 20. And like she was growing up as well. We were growing up together and like she put her personal experiences into that. And then even the other collaborators, like they put themselves and their personal experiences about growing up into that project as well. So I wouldn't necessarily call it the general human experience, but it's definitely like quite a few people's human experiences kind of put into one project. I, I need to know your like I need to dive into your story. Because you're from Texas, but you Mm -hmm. obviously are are really, do you consider yourself more Nashville? It's like hard because like when I go back to Texas, I get reminded of my childhood when I was like a little kid going to vocal lessons or just like the kid who had a dream or before I was homeschooled. And then like when I went to Nashville, that's more of like the coming of age movie of like becoming a teenager, learning how to drive and like just more living more like personal life experiences. So it's like weird. I feel like such a tie to both places, but like musically, I definitely feel like I developed more in Nashville than I did Texas. So you always want to be a singer. You did 90 shows over a span of six months, correct? When you're 10 <laughs> yes. years old? Yeah. Yeah. Performing everywhere. Anywhere. I mean, I was doing like farmer's markets. I've done the uh, rodeos shows before. I've done fencing tournaments. Wow. I've done a sheep sellers convention. Of course. Parking lots. The sheep sellers convention. The shit pops off. You know, you know how they go. I was vegan at the time too. Oh God. And I felt like such a like betrayer because I also didn't know what sheep selling conventions so- were for until I went to one and I was like, <laughs> it all clicked. I was like, no, they're not going to new homes to they're have not fun going in the to yard. A farm. No. no, it broke my heart. Wait, so you were vegan at the time, but you're also ten and you're also from Texas, which like those things don't make sense, really. It's because I'm so stubborn. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So like, do you grow up conservative and you just go the opposite way? Like, what's around no, you? It's like so. My parents got divorced when I was like thirteen. It was like my stepdad, and uh. he was really like a father to me. And like, nothing against him. My mom like always raised me with the personal belief of like believing what I want. Mm. Like she never put anything on to me. And she was just kind of like, look at the world and make a decision on your opinion of it. And then that, Go for it. there it is, you know? <laughs> and so, so one thing I'm really appreciative that like my mother gave me is like us willing to have different opinions on each other. Like she raised me with the possibility of like, you could completely disagree with me, but that's your choice. And like, I don't, I wasn't necessarily like particularly raised conservative in any way. I think like the culture I was around, even just like in school was very like polite and proper and like definitely expectations of like who I was supposed to be, especially like as a woman and who I was supposed to grow into. 
I feel like there's a lot of things there that was put on to me, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was put on to me by like my family. It was just like the people I was around and like their parents and like the things I was just told as a little kid that always like stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, how do we get to like from there to like being 14 years old and trying to get Pete Nappy to like produce a song that he wrote about (laughs) something incredibly sexual and inappropriate? I mean, like also like for me. I never saw sex as a big deal. Like people was always like, wait till marriage or wait till you're 18, like all of this. And it just was never like, even the concept of losing your virginity and how like so much pressure was put onto it was always like creepy to me. Like I was like, why is that such a big deal to people? Like what? And it's like, it's all one thing if somebody else has their own personal relationship with their virginity that they have decided like, this is important to me. This is what I've decided for myself. That's great. Whatever you want. But when it comes to other people being like, you need to find this important because I've decided who gets in between your legs is important Uh and who does it for the first time. And I was like, I literally thought this and I was like a young kid. And I was like, if I was in love with them and they took my virginity, like that's a lot to give to a person as like a teenager or like somebody who's like growing up. Like that's a lot of pressure. And that was also just never seen as like this special important thing to me and so as a young age especially I started seeing my friends like especially especially like my female friends like I saw that I saw them starting to like get horny or like feel sexual attraction towards them and I saw the shame that they felt and like how unnatural it felt and I saw my friends like lose their virginity and completely like lose themselves because they just felt like such a completely different person when they weren't like nothing about they weren't as they weren't more special they weren't less special they weren't more innocent they weren't less innocent like nothing should have been given to them or taken away from them in those moments but because of so many things that were surrounding them like they literally had identity crisis which isn't particularly even their fault because so many things were just put onto them and so I think that's also why I just started talking about it at a young age because also I'm very lucky to have my mother who is just never she had a bit of the like please just wait till you're 18 uh. like because she just saw me as a young kid just be like oh this is fun <laughs> you know um but like she never really put that like you're a different person onto me but I saw it affect other people and so that's also why I just feel like I started talking about it in my music because I just started seeing it and experiencing it. You're talking about like the societal pressure and mm-hmm. how society defines what it means to lose your virginity yeah. or even sex as a whole. Even just like sex, health and education too like what I was taught wasn't necessarily like proper. I feel like what other people are getting taught as well like even just like telling people to not have sex and t- instead of teaching them how to properly have sex. Totally. Like That's stupid. Yeah. It's just so stupid. And especially like the, even just like gay sex, like it's only talking about the fact where it's like, it's just this and this. It's like, no, there's so many different ways to like have sex with people or like do things where you felt like you had sex with them and you haven't even had sex with them. But there's so much like shame put around that, especially with young kids and like young women, like, just not properly teaching them doesn't mean they're going to go out and have sex. It's just they need to know. Education's to, education is yeah, education. Yeah. Like they just need to have the knowledge to know how to properly do it. How old are you? I'm 17. First of all, you're incredibly young. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. I don't know what to say to that. I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah that is factual. That is, yeah. What are some responsibilities you feel like, uh, you know, not, not, championing but like bringing to the forefront i feel like you've you've seemed very passionate about this i'm just very passionate about it i don't particularly feel like 
it's a responsibility. I feel like there's a responsibility in like being educated in the things that I'm talking about. And yeah. sometimes I feel like maybe I could talk, be more educated on things because I only have like my personal experience. I don't necessarily know like how all high schools taught sex health education and, you know, all of that. But I know my personal experiences of what I've seen. And like, that's just something I feel very passionate about, but I don't particularly feel like a responsibility to talk about it. T totally. You are talking about things that generationally, like your grandma talked to you about the song. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah. she, she said something along the lines of you, you're saying everything I wish I could or I couldn't say. Yeah, like she was basically saying like, you get to say all the things at 17 that I never could. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's specifically like we purposely with ABC, you don't know the gender of the person I'm telling to fuck off. I technically like I Great. do say the mom and the sister and it's literally not because they're women. It's literally just because it's funny to be like your mom. Yeah, it's sibling. Like or, it's literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, his sister's a bitch. So like it was just <laughs> literally like it was just that. By the way, keeping a song gender neutral is uh, very forward. And I think, yeah, you know, but, I wish it was done more, quite frankly. Yeah, I thank you. I mean, yeah, that's what I was going to say was like, even you don't know the person, like the gender of the person I'm telling to fuck off. But in the interviews, I talk about my personal experiences. It's about my ex-boyfriend and like a woman being openly angry at a man and it being accepted isn't particularly a thing that was allowed to happen like totally. 20, 30 years ago. And even like with me saying it, I still have privilege because I'm white at the end of the day as well. Like there's so many more things that need to be moving in a forward direction, but it's still at the end of the day moving in some forward direction. The American Sign Language, uh, ASL, mm -hmm. had a yes. really unique hand in making this song pop off. That it did, yeah. Like just talking about something that spans so just so much. When you're releasing a song and you're trying to release a song on TikTok, obviously I was trying to think of like, how do I make a try? Like, how does that happen? I was trying to think of like literally anything that I possibly could do. And like, for me, I, I came up with a couple stuff and I was just like, and I was talking to my friends about it. I was like, what can we do? Like, what can we do to like make this happen? And then I was like, maybe I can like get people to like show pictures of their ex-boyfriend and their family. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's, that's a terrible like, idea. So terrible. And then I was like, day one, I'm trying to get this on my exes for you page. And like I was trying literally anything that I possibly could. And then somebody was like, could you do sign language to it? And I was like, you know, that's not like a language that I'm particularly like fluent in. And I would like hate to use something that I'm not fully educated in or that I don't fully know for my up words bringing like to like try and benefit myself when I'm like trying to use somebody else's like 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 I was like no like I, I don't know but then especially like I didn't want to personally do that if I'm not fully educated okay. in like sign language or not fluent in it whatsoever and then all of a sudden like I saw people just start putting sign language to ABC like I was on tour, I was on tour with this band called Dwaneka Bowling League. And we were like, <laughs> they're like my favorite band ever. Like it was literally awesome. It was a dream come true to get to open up for them. And like, I remember for me, it said under my TikTok audios that it was at a thousand. And I was like, that's awesome. Like I was stoked. Even with ABC, like before I put out ABC, I had 12,000 monthly listeners. I had 10,000 Instagram followers. I had a song within a year, get like 500,000 streams. And I was... I was like 16 when all of like 15, 16. Yeah. I was stoked. Like that, that was exciting for me. That was success to you. That was, yeah. Like that was, I wasn't necessarily being like, I'm successful, but like I was having some type of success that I found exciting. And then like, I saw a thousand videos and I was like, oh, that's crazy. That's so cool. But then Sarah's like, that's weird for me. It says like 3000. <laughs> and I was like, what? She was like, yeah, it said like a thousand a couple days ago, but now it's at 3000. And I was like, that's weird. And then like, I saw 
I started looking the, under the audio and I saw people putting sign language through, like consistently. And then I saw people like put in the caption, like this trend made me touch up my ASL or this trend made me do this because people need to be better with their ASL. And I was like, wait a minute, especially when I was trying so hard to get people to do literally anything. And then people start putting trends in their captions. I'm like, no, no, no way. No. And then like the next day I, it said a thousand for me. And then I was like, Sarah, what's it at? What's it at? And she's like, it's at 5,000. And it jumped like 2000. And we're like, no, no, no. And then the next day it jumped a thousand again and it kept going. And then like there's viral charts on Spotify and like other places and like in different countries, like it just started like popping up on the viral charts. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Because I also, like, I refuse to get excited about anything. Like, anything. Still? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because, like, it's, you know, like, it's one of those things where if I get excited about it, then it's going to get, like, taken away or it's not going to happen. Or, like, I I don't like testing the universe. Like, I'm not particularly, like, a religious person. And I don't really know what I believe in because I'm, like, trying to figure it out and trying to, like, live my life and then see what happens. You're but, like, only 17. Yeah. Like, there's only so many things I know. I'm not going to try and be like, I know the world and how it works, you know, and I don't have like a personal, but like, I don't like testing the universe. Like, no matter what, I don't like being like, this is going to happen because then the universe is going to be like, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so you believe in energy? I, I think so. I mean, like, it's one of those things where I just knew enough in what I believed in or whatever, just to not be like, it's happening this is going viral. I was just like, this is very exciting and I'm kind of scared and excited at the same time. Was there a moment where the virality was confirmed to you? Um, I never, like, I'm the type of person where I don't You still don't laugh. think it's I viral? Still, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think when it hit number one on Top 40 Radio, which was like, Two weeks ago, I was like, wait, wait, that was like, that was like, <laughs> that oh, this is six. This is viral. This is like that, especially when I was like, maybe it's a hit song. <laughs> like, I, mean, I still get so uncomfortable because I still like refuse to say what TikTok viral. Like I, mm, I can't because it's just so like, it's everything I've ever wanted or something I've been working for, especially like with TikTok. Like I've been really trying to like get some people to view my videos maybe for like the past like year year and a half so when people actually saw it I was like no like I've posted so many I posted so many videos of ABC so many other songs nothing happened like it would get like 200 views and those 200 people who saw it baddies you know but like <laughs> literally people used to be like why are you verified like why are you why are why do you exist I'm like I don't know you know and so once things actually like something i've been working for for so long actually kind of may be it might be happening i'm like not because i'm so used to doing it and nothing happening so when i do it and then something happens i'm like but why don't you think you can do it again because you said this is something that will never be duplicated i mean it's it's not even that it's like me thinking i can't do it again i think it's more of like i don't want to do it again because i'm like so grateful with everything that's happened and i feel like for me, it's like, now let's do something different. You know, like, I don't know if it's like the most 
like for me in my career and like the music I'm trying to make, I'm not trying to like do the same thing over yeah. and over again. Some people might think I'm doing the same thing over and over again and that's okay. But like for me, it's like, I'm not trying to write another ABC, you know, if it's another song of mine wanted to like do well on TikTok and go number one on the radio, <laughs> I ain't going to stop it. I ain't going to complain, you know, but like for me, it's not about necessarily the charts or the numbers. And I'm so grateful for the charts and the numbers. It's been absolutely amazing. It's changed my life. I could not like, I could tell you in so many ways it has changed my life, but it's about the people that feel something that listen to my music. You know, it's the people who feel less alone or feel like they have a place to go to. And my music can be that, you know, that's really the most important thing for me. And it's like, I want to keep pushing my music in a forward direction and my visuals. And I want to keep growing and like the things that I'm doing. And so I don't necessarily like want to repeat the same thing over and over again. But also like if the success of ABC, like that type of success wants to repeat again, I ain't going to say no, but like. But why do you think that success happened? Have you tried, like, do you ask yourself why? What was it about this? Especially because the other ones didn't yeah, do it. I, well, also like too, there's so many other like talented artists that I absolutely love. And sometimes I'm like, why is it this song and not theirs? You know, too, where it's like, this is such a good song. And you've seen like, a lot of writers, dude. Like, you've been, but, I know I know people who have written with you. You've been in a lot of rooms over the years. Yeah. And you see a lot of people writing, trying to do their own projects at the same time, literally doing similar things to what you've been doing. Yeah, and it's like, I'll never get to really know why, like, why this song worked, especially, like, it's, it's like, all still, like, so mind-blowing. But I think the biggest thing for me is, like, I... I just like wrote the song with my best friend and like have and Dave too. He's great. And like <laughs> new best friend, new bestie, new bestie, you know, bestie, I mean, bestie like, by, by Sarah and I have been best friends since I was like 12. Like we, we Be just like real. go back, you know, and like, I love Dave, but he's not a teenage girl. So we can't necessarily <laughs> like have sleepovers together and write songs. Like, but yeah, it's a different perspective. Yeah. He's like married and like has a wife to go home to. And she is my wife, like, you know, <laughs> to go home to like, um, and like, it, it was always like such a I mean it was always such a like fun song for us because it was literally me just shitting on my ex-boyfriend and like I was posting it on TikTok and I think like I was very fortunate enough like that was my first song with Atlantic Records um, and that I've wanted to sign with them literally since I was 12 like it was really a dream come true they house Aretha Franklin who's one of your heroes love of my life like oh my god I love her so much it's really one of the reasons why I wanted to sign with Atlantic and so I can definitely like say Atlantic helped for sure. And like even with like playlisting, like Atlantic can like go to people and be like, hey, listen to the song, yeah. but they can't make anybody playlist it. You know, they can't be like, put this on because we told you to, because then they're like, no, you know, and like they, I think it got like playlisted well enough for like people to hear it, to want to make a video to it on TikTok. Like, I think that was something that like, it had enough visibility for some people to be like, you know what, I'm going to like make a video on TikTok with this audio or like, I wonder if this girl has like this TikTok audio on like this audio on TikTok, you know? Um, it was like two platforms working together, right? Yeah. Like two sides of the internet working for each other. Yeah. It was like, it was the streaming platforms. And then it was also like the social media. Cause even reels, totally. like the audio that started working on reels and even YouTube like, shorts, like all of it kind of started like where it is all started kind of working at the same time. And like, 
I, and it also, cause like ABC was out for probably three or four months before anything started going TikTok wise. Yeah. And then even like true Instagram reels wise or YouTube shorts or just like all of those platforms, like before anything started happening. And I think too, is like, I always wanted ABC, like ABC is like such a innocent song. Like in some, I see it as like such an innocent cause it's literally just like, I know it's not innocent, but it's like. <laughs> It's just such a, it's not very like, it is, it's very like take it for face value. Like what I'm saying is what I'm saying. There's some songs where it's more like metaphorical. Interpretation. Can, yeah. Like this is more like, no, it's like, fuck you yeah, and your mom no, and your sister. There's nothing to like, no really, like dive deep into, you know, <laughs> but like I wanted it to be an open space for people to just be angry because like I, I never wanted to be like an angry, bitter person. And I was always so scared of that. And so like when I had things that made me feel angry, I just didn't feel it. And like, I didn't know that I'm still feeling it. I'm just not feeling it. You know, like I didn't know it's like deep down there somewhere waiting for it to come out rather than just like, oh, I just let go of it. I literally thought I let go of all of my anger until I started feeling it. And I was like, I'm fucking angry. But how do you get to a place where you're comfortable enough to tap back into it, especially when you it's like laid dormant? No, that's such. I mean, it's such a good question. I think like for me, the, it was tied to a specific person. And so then like I didn't let myself like feel angry towards them and start until I started realizing that they didn't care about me. Like I, I had the reasons for not being mad at them and it was because I cared about them and I didn't want to be the person that like got angry or ruined things. But then I realized that like they never cared and that ruined everything in the first place. And so then I was like, wow, like you did this when you didn't treat me well, you did this, this and this and like, oh, I'm actually like really angry at you. And I don't think it's necessarily like the best thing to like process your emotions all of the time because sometimes you just have shit to do and you can't necessarily be yeah. angry or there's sad no, or happy. Like No time for it. Yeah, like there's times where it just doesn't. But like for me, it's even just acknowledging the fact that I have it. And it's there. I mean, I don't go to therapy, so I can't be like, my therapist told me to handle this in a healthy way, you know, and like therapy is a great thing. I'm trying to go, you know, we're, 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 we're working on it. Are you like, afraid of sharing with a therapist things that you could be sharing in a studio that could turn itself into art? <laughs> no. Record the like, sessions. I think, I don't know. It's not even that I'm like scared to go to therapy. It's just that it's like hard to be like comfortable with people. And like now I'm traveling so much. And so I have to be comfortable telling people my shit on the phone. Yeah. Like I went to therapy and like there's one time I told this, like I was on therapy on the phone and my, and the therapist was literally just like driving around the whole time. Oh. And like, I don't know why, but it just like instantly shut me off. And then I like couldn't open up to that person anymore, you know? So it's like, I, I can get very just like shut off and be like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable opening up to you and I don't want to work on it. So like goodbye, <laughs> which isn't, I know it's not necessarily the healthiest thing, but like with me too, with like the anger, it's like, I know it's not the healthiest thing, but like, it just is what it is. And like me trying to change myself and everything right now isn't necessarily the most like productive thing for me. So I'm just going to acknowledge the fact that it's there and I need to deal with it. And I have that. And like for me too, just managing it in small pieces and, even with like the person I wrote ABC about, they pissed me off and they just ruined things so much to the point where like I just blocked them on everything. We don't talk anymore. Just as, but then the person I wrote, you're just horny about, I got really sad and I told them about it and then I got really angry. Like I was, I was livid. Like angry I was over pissed. what? It was, it was like we slept together 
And then like he just started treating me differently. Like I, it was just like little, it was like little tiny stuff that just was like adding up. Like um, there was one time we were hanging out, we went to Sonic and he was like, we should, he had like a deck of cards in his car. And I was like, we should play Texas Hold'em because I'm great at Texas Hold'em. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I don't know how to play poker. Can you teach me? And I was like, sure. And so then I taught him all the rules to play poker, right? And then like we hung out a couple of weeks later, like we slept together and then he went off to college and then he came back and like he, we weren't, he wasn't as good as like calling me or talking to me. And I was like, whatever, it's fine. I wasn't really thinking about it. But then he came back and then like, you got a girlfriend, he was in college and I was like, whatever, that's fine. But then like he was it was like all my brother was there and his friends were there. We're all hanging out. And we're like, we should play poker. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've been playing poker since like the first grade. I'm so good at it. <laughs> Wait, what? R- right. Right. It's such a little detail. Like, it's so little. And I was like, one, why did you lie Two, why don't you care enough to keep up with your lie? And then like three, if you're lying about that, what else are you lying, lying about? about? Like what? Like, cause it was just poker. Like it was just poker. And then like he got a girlfriend and we've hung out before when he's had a girlfriend, like we were friends for so long. And like, this is a span over like six years. Like it wasn't like that until it was. And so like, I know what he's like when he has a girlfriend mm. and he knows what I'm like when I have a boyfriend. Cause it's just like, we were just friends at points. And he was just so like, did you know I'm in love with my girlfriend? I love my girlfriend. I love my girlfriend. And I'm like, that's great. I love that you love your girlfriend. Why are you rubbing it in my face? Like, why are you lying to me? Why aren't you like communicating as well as you used to be? And like, I just kind of felt like that, like I was like a trophy to him. Like I was this achievement. I was something Mm. that he wanted to like get. And then once I got it, I was less interesting to him and he didn't care as much anymore. And like that hurt. Like that hurt so, cause like even the things that made me feel comfortable enough to sleep with him in the first place was just an act to sleep with me. And I was so pissed. I was so livid. And instead of just like shutting it all out, I talked to him. I was like, I'm pissed at you. You did. And also it took me months. Like I wasn't necessarily turning around in the corner being like, Hey, you lied to me. Like I was, I told him about it and we talked it through And like, we're in a better spot now. It's not like great, but like I learned that lesson of not like shutting it all out and just like blocking that person and never letting them know I was mad at them and then writing a song about it and releasing it on the internet. (laughs) So there's growth between the two records. Yeah. Yeah. There's growth. Like I've, I've learned lessons in between that. Were your fears validated? Was he using you? Did he admit to it? I mean, like he was more of like, I'm sorry. Like this is something that I did like want from you because I did find you attractive but like we're still friends like I still like I'm 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 sorry that I made you feel that way and it wasn't even like in the condescending like I'm sorry you feel that way like I could tell that he actually like cared that he made me feel that way and like it just made me sad because I was just like bro I fucking love you like I'm the I love my friends like I love at people and so I was like I love you so much and I want the best for you and like all I ever want to do is like be supportive and be there for you but like you used me and made me feel like shit and like I felt like I ruined our friendship for so long and then I felt like you ruined our friendship and then we ruined our friendship and now we talked it through and we're in like a half decent spot do you regret sleeping with him no I don't really like regret sleeping with people because I don't think that's like helpful like there's people where I'm like, there's times where I'm like, I don't know why I did that, but I, I don't think it's necessarily helps to try and like regret sleeping with people. At least for me personally, it doesn't help for me to be like, I wish I would have never done that. It's like, I did it. 
I enjoyed it in the moment, or sometimes I don't. Like, that's more on them than me, but. (laughs) (laughs) Do you regret not ending a relationship with the other guy differently? Yeah, like, I I really wish I would have, like, broken up with him sooner. And, like, I was also super self-deprecating. And, like, it was just a very toxic relationship and just a very toxic cycle on both sides because we both didn't necessarily have a good idea of like what love is supposed to look like. Like my parents got divorced at a young age and even like when with my stepdad and my mom, they didn't necessarily have the healthiest marriage either. So like I never had like a good example of what love was and he never did either. And so we were both kind of doomed from the start in some ways, especially because we were young on top of that. And like he had so many mental health challenges that he didn't know how to deal with. So he put them on to other people. And because I had never been in a personal relationship, like in a, dating relationship with people who had like severe mental illness that didn't know how to like handle it I took that on as a responsibility and it felt selfish when I like wouldn't want to and then I like realized that like okay like if this person like has depression that's I'm sorry like I but you can't put all of those negativities onto other people and be mad when they don't just make you feel better. Like there's times where he's like, I'm not going to take my antidepressant today because I'm going to see you and you're going to be the thing that makes me That's happy. That's unfair pressure to put on any single yeah. person. And then like, especially when you're young and not realizing like yeah. mental health and how like people who have those issues, how they like personally handle it and how they handle it with other people. And like, he didn't know that I didn't know that. And so like, so it was so much. Um, and so I feel like, yeah, I wish I would have like not put that pressure onto myself and I wish he wouldn't have put that pressure on himself or me. And, but I think, I think it was, we learned a lot of valuable lessons from that as well. Are you happy with the way you ended it by blocking him? Was that the only way it could end? It's like, it sucks because I made him a promise that I would never leave him. You know, and like I'm I it's not that I feel bad for leaving. I felt bad for making a promise. I didn't know I was going to break, you know, like I didn't know, especially as like a 15 year old, not knowing like the severity of that promise of like knowing how hard it is to not leave people like, you know, especially people who don't treat you well. Like I didn't know that how he was going to treat me in six months would made me be like, whoa you know sometimes when you make people those promises they choose to take advantage of it yeah and like I didn't know like I didn't know and like I wish I would have maybe waited longer to make that heavy of a promise towards that person but I don't regret it I feel like it's the best thing for the both of us and I love drama I love fighting it's one of those (laughs) things like I'm working on it and I haven't really fought with anybody like that in a really long time but like I love the like you say something you regret I see something we regret we get closer because of it but it's really just trauma bonds that we put onto each other you know (laughs) and so like I just didn't feel like I could have a healthy conversation with him and like he knows how to set me off and I know how to set him off and like I just felt like it was better for the both of us to just be like no also every single one of his exes have blocked him really every single one of them which I should have like taken as a red flag but he was like they're all crazy I'm like oh yeah the one thing that sets you apart from the other exes is that you've made a ton of money off of the song uh your life is completely and totally different I think that's fair to say right both yeah, those complete I mean <laughs> I mean you'll get the money in a year right? yeah we'll it figure takes it out a while. you know I'm also like I don't really do this shit for the money so like of course obviously that's a byproduct. I'm not, like, homeless but like you know but yeah, for sure. I mean, my life is completely different. So, do you ever think about him hearing the song? 
I mean, out in public. So here's the thing. He is like the type of person who like hates the radio because he's like too cool for the radio. Thank God. Like he only listens to like the super, like it's not even like the indie people. It's like the indie of the indie indie people. He's like super cool. Which also I love, like I love that type of music. He literally like, there's so many songs that he introduced to me that I love, but he also just like hated the music I made. Like maybe like, and he would let me know, like, he'd be like, I hate this song. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. So I just, I know, like, I know for a fact that he's like, oh, it's such a terrible song, man. That must suck. <laughs> like being successful off a terrible song. I mean, people hate it. People hate her. I mean, oh, I, I can, I can so see how he spun it in his head. That's really scary. Cause it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> people love the song. People feel seen by the song. People feel attached to it. Yeah. It seems like you matched every song with a color. I did. Why is that? It's because I have chromesthesia. And oh. so like every song I make or just I hear has a color. And like, I don't know how to explain it. It's not like, a, like, oh, this feels like red. Like I see the red and I see the very like specific type of red or so like every song that I post, um, except I think there's one that I did it um, where it's like it all has a color to it. What, what color is ABCD? It's uh, well, so like here's the thing: we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it, but it is red. But then Pete Nabby put production on it, and it's green. But I refuse. I refuse to acknowledge it, but believe it, or anything. It's red. It's staying red. This song has been red for so long, and then all of a sudden, this bitch sends me the demo. I'm like, that's green. I hate that. It's red. And the worst part is that it's Christmas colors too. So then if I'm like, it's red and green, it's red and green. Oh, but ho, 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 you know, you know that part in ABC where it goes, ho, 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 ho. Yeah. When did you first realize you had that? Um, oh, it was because I, there's a song I wrote and I fucking hated it. Like I absolutely hated it and other people liked it and I couldn't figure out why I didn't like it. Cause it felt so like little kitty to me and just so like not interesting or cool or anything. And then I realized it was because I didn't like the color of it, but then I didn't know what that meant. I was like, I just don't like the color. Wait, like what, what, what? And then I was like, Oh, because like I always saw, I always heard of like the synesthesia and chromesthesia are a little different and I'm not like totally educated in the ways that they are, but I like synesthesia is more like, even with like Billy, like yeah, there's times she did things where it was like, there's like the temperatures of the rooms, the weather, what day of the week it is. This is more of like a color. I see a, it's like a square. Billy's moved by sense too. Yeah. Mm -hmm, she, yeah. She sat right there and talked about it. I know. I've seen the interview. <laughs> Don't act like I didn't put this shit on my checklist when I was 12 being like, I want to be on the exact thing. So, oh. um, yeah. No, this is literally a dream come true. So thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be on this couch and well, be talking to the both of you. <laughs> now I have goosebumps. That's really nice. So oh, thanks I'm for nice every once in a while <laughs> when I feel the need. Are there negative sides of having a song blow up on social media? 100 million, 10 percent absolutely it's um i mean there's so many positives like i, I don't want to like be here and complain but like people are rude like people yeah. are rude and people make shit up about you and there's so much shit that people make up it's not worth it to try and tell your story over and over again because even even if you tell people the truth they won't believe it and people just want to believe what they want to believe and I'm honestly, in some ways, I'm kind of grateful for it because it's a really big test on my patience and it's a big test on like doing the things that I actually like because none of this would be worth it if I didn't like it yeah. or if I didn't like the people I made the music with or that I work with, not, none of it would be worth it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just such a difficult thing also knowing that people are looking at you and like, you're, I'm growing up, I don't know things like, and so it can just be like scary 
um, and overwhelming for sure. But also people are so nice on the internet as well. So you literally get the complete and you also get more of like a realization of how many shitty people there are in the world. Yeah. Like yeah. there's so many people in the world and it's like a weird thing to try and like realize because especially like I'm surrounded by such lovely people and it's but it's like there's so many people in the world who don't actually want to be good people or who don't strive to be good people or like don't try and have morals or like in all of that like they literally don't want to have a positive effect or even a neutral effect they literally just don't care about anything and it's like hard to like but those are the people that have a lot of shit going on in their own and, bags oh for sure and but it's also hard when people are taking it out on you yeah and then you're just like uh, and it's like to try and like dig through that other level and like see the hurt that people are trying to inflict on you is wow. the hurt they have on themselves and it's like it just sucks to sometimes have to do that extra work on other people's behalf yeah but it just is what it is and it's a really good strength and like a test for my empathy as well which is something i am grateful for to at least get tested <laughs> but by the way empathy is incredibly important and also like never let anybody define you just keep being yourself thank you i appreciate it and it's like a nice it's a nice challenge true too to also just be like you know what i really have to like be myself and do what i like and not decide on any other person's opinion and like if i let anything affect who i am as a person like all of that can also get taken away from me in seconds because if somebody were like, I like your shoes and then I'm like, oh, people like these shoes. got to wear like them every shoes. day. I like them. But then somebody's like, I hate your shoes. And, and if I let any of that add value to my life, it, anything that can give me value can instantly take it away, you know? <sighs> Beautiful realization. Thank you. I mean, we're, we're trying. We're trying to be artsy. You know how it is. <laughs> Gail, I appreciate you. A study of the human you. experience is the EP. There's a link in the description below. Uh, I really appreciate you. you, you I mean, we, we didn't touch on you being a, 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 an, in, a, an industry plant, which is totally bullshit, by the way. <laughs> um, and you could tell by just telling the story of how the song came to be. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, I mean, quickly, I can talk about it you, a little bit. I mean, just like, not true. Let's put it right. Well, also, to be fair, even like when it's like, I'm specifically not an industry, industry plants just don't exist. Like, yeah. it just isn't a thing. There's an issue club. It also like, when you really break it down, like financially, it actually makes no sense for a label to put money behind something they don't know is going to work. Yeah, it's a ridiculous like, gamble. And also, like, I, it's almost offensive too, because I'm like too goddamn stubborn to let anybody <laughs> tell me what I'm supposed to do. Like, there's professional opinions, and like, and I'm not going to act like I make every single decision like confidently on my own. I ask people, I'm like, is this pretty? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, thank you. You know, but like, I write my own music. Like I am in the room when it gets produced or if not, I tell the producer what I want visually. I look the way that I want to. I dress the way that I want to. I talk the way that I want to. No, like 50 year old men are in a room <laughs> deciding that for me. But also like I could try and tell a million people, but I know what I know. And that's the most important thing, you that's know, Gail. Are you excited to turn 18? I feel like your life's not going to change. Oh, I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> I can't wait to break into Jack Harlow's home and just be like, I'm your wife is here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Label me, right? Yeah, for sure. No, I've been trying to get somebody in Atlantic to introduce me to Jack Harlow and they literally refuse. Yeah, by the way, they're going to pass this clip around the entire oh office oh, and they're going to be like, wait. keep her away. They're like, look at the shit she says on the internet about him. Imagine what she's saying to his face. Also, if Jack Harlow like walked out to me, I would literally just be like, hi. Like, I talk mad shit, but I'd literally just be like, 
it's his eyes, dude. It's his eyes. They're it's crazy. So much. It's his personality. It's the way he talks. It's it's so much. Let's manifest it on this couch. This yeah. couch has good manifestation. Powers. I can't wait to be like, oh my god! So we got engaged. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited. So the way he proposed to me, we're in Paris, right? And <laughs> Gail, you're amazing. Thank you. You're amazing. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Literally anytime. I can't wait to check this off my checklist of things that I said I was going to do when I grow up. Do you actually I- have? Oh, yeah. I think it might be, it's in a notebook at home, but I literally write down all the things that I want to do at some point in my life. I yeah. want to see it though. Send. Yes. I want to see a photo. I got you. I'll send it. Thanks. I'll send it to you. God, that means a lot. Thank yeah. you, Gail. No, thank you. By the way, your you. real name is Taylor. But Yes, uh, it is. I, I honestly, like at 14, I just like cut my hair, pierced my nose and I was like, I'm Gail. <laughs> and like my mother was like, okay, Taylor. But I made everybody else keep up with it. So. <laughs> You're amazing. Gail, everybody. <laughs> Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation with Gail. You made it through the whole thing. I'm proud of you. Now, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review. And if you like what we do, share it with those you care about. Please, 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 please. Anyway, if you have any suggestions for interviews, let us know. At Zach Sang Show on every form of social media. And if you want to see these interviews, you can. YouTube, just search Zach Sang Show. Now, uh, please be safe, hug your family if you can, do not go to jail, and have a great tomorrow. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. It was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Grace Delia, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Doristock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herlis. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon. <laughs>